Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and so thankful to be on with you today. Uh, hey, um, today we are in a one-week uh, series, if you want to call it that. I wouldn't call it a series, just a one-week episode today. Um, and then next week, uh, we're going to have something a little special, um, I'll be honest, not quite sure what it's going to be next week. Uh, my family and I are taking a uh, due uh, holiday weekend, uh, vacation weekend, just to get away. And and so uh, we're going to have a guest speaker speaking in our church. And so we might have that recording we'll put on here. Or uh, we might do one of our uh, special comedians uh, that we've been putting on here every once in a while. I don't know yet. So uh, just tune in next week. Uh, download the next week's episode just to figure out what it might be. It might be a, a huge surprise. I don't know. But anyway, uh, if you are joining us today, um, we I believe that you are listening for a reason and a purpose, that God has placed you where you need to be today uh, to listen to this episode. Uh, and so I appreciate that. And I'm also praying for you as well. We are talking about a story found in Mark chapter 10 today. It's a story of a guy alongside of the road named Blind Bartimaeus. The thing about this story that's so captivating is that the fact that it represents an individual who'd been kind of pushed aside by the rest of folks, who'd been passed by there on the side of the road many, many different times. And perhaps you find yourself feeling like maybe some opportunities may have passed you by, some relationships have moved on without you, or perhaps you just feel like damaged goods. And so you hear you sit as people go by and continue to do great things, you know. Today, though, out of God's word and his truth, what we're going to find is you're exactly where you need to be. I, I truly believe that. To do something very special that God's going to go through and do through you as, when, as we study uh, today the story of blind Bartimaeus out of Mark chapter 10. It talks about Jesus stopping along the side of the road to, to road for someone, to help someone. Now, that doesn't seem to happen much today, right? Uh, we don't typically stop for folks on the side of the road or, or hitchhikers, and you definitely don't pick them up necessarily, right? I, maybe you do, uh, but most of the people don't. Maybe it's because we're busy or that things are happening or we're just plain scared. If, if you're like me, um, that's kind of where my direction goes. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I got my driver's license, and my mom said, don't be picking up hitchhikers, right? You don't want to do that. It's not good. They could be in bad situations. There's no telling what they'll do. And it just filled my mind with all sorts of horrible things. And I was doing good about not picking up hitchhikers until a few uh, years back. I was up at the gas station near our church, and, and I was filling up with gas when all of a sudden the lights went out. Uh, now, the lights didn't really go out. It was it was just this big gentleman that stood behind and behind me and blocked the sun. Now, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four. I weigh over 300 pounds. I'm a big guy. And, and this guy blocked the sun out on me. And so you know how big he was. And so anyway, he says to me, hey, buddy, do you mind if I get a ride? And I was like, oh, no, this is exactly what my mom was talking about. You know, you don't give rides to people like this. There's no telling what he's going to do. And so I froze. 
And I was at the pump, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? And all I could say was, hold on. And I was like, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. And, and so as I'm taking this and thinking this through, I said, you know what? I need to use a restroom, and I'll be right back. And so I was kind of hoping he would just kind of go somewhere else as I was headed to the restroom, like go ask somebody else that's in the parking lot, you know, uh, pumping up gas, whatever. And so I went into the bed bathroom, and I was like, Lord, should I give this guy a ride, or, or is this guy going to kill me, or or what is going on, right? And I, I felt like at the time I was in there, I felt like God would say, hey, you know what, give him a ride. It's going to be okay. It'll be fine. So I head back outside and, and still kind of hoping that he wasn't there, like he went and found somebody else. But, but he was right where I left him. And I approached him, and I asked, hey, where did you need to go? And he said, I just need to get to my brother's house in, in, in Old Town Bellevue. And I said, okay. I had him get in the car, and we started driving. And he began to tell me why he needed this ride. Well, his radiator blew out on, on, on a street that was a couple miles here from away from our church, and, and he had walked all this way. And his feet were hurting, and he just couldn't walk anymore. And, and I said, well, why didn't you just call someone? And he said, well, my phone died, and the car charger didn't work. And, and he just kept on talking and talking. And I'm like, oh, man, what is going on, you know? Well, during this whole time he's talking, I'm thinking, you know, Lord, please don't let him kill me. Or, you know, at the same time, I was thinking, Lord, give me an opportunity to share Jesus with him, you know, something out of this. And so finally he asked me what I did for a living, and I shared with him that I was a pastor. And I couldn't even finish where I was pastoring at, and he says, hey! And he hits me with the side of his hand, hits me in my shoulder, and knocks me up against the glass. And he's like, I'm religious too. And I tell you, I bow my knee before my truck every day before I get going, and I say, Lord, help me outrun the DOT. And I'm thinking, what, who, who is this guy? You know, like what, I want you out of my car. You know, what is going on here? And so I finally get to his brother's place. He gets out of my car. He starts walking off and I'm like, well, that's done. I survived. I'm alive. Right. And, but he stopped and he came back and I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And I'm, and he, and he comes back up and he says, Hey, I sure do appreciate your ride. And he goes, now let me ask you again. You said you worked at a church here in, here in Bellevue, and, 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 and I drive through Bellevue all the time, and so I'd love to look you up sometime. What's, what's your name? And I told him just to ask for Adam Taylor because, <laughs> man, I wasn't about to have him with me. No, I really didn't tell him Adam Taylor. I told him my name and, and all this stuff, but, man, my mom was so right. So if you go picking up people, you've been warned, all right? You've been warned. I'm just going to tell you, okay? Here's the thing I find fascinating, though. Isn't it true that many times when we're operating in the course and the context of our lives, all of a sudden, God can redirect and interrupt our plans? And isn't it interesting how many times God works in those interruptions? In fact, the story that we look at today out of Mark 10, you, you could say it's almost an interruption. An interruption of what, though? Well, Jesus was leaving Jericho, headed to Jerusalem, and the reason he was headed to Jerusalem at this time was for the Passover, the celebration of the Passover feast. Well, this would be the last Passover meal, subsequently known as the, in the scriptures as the Last Supper, that he would have before he was betrayed by his own, Judas, and then he was arrested, falsely accused, beaten, and ultimately crucified. And that's where he was headed. So you could say he was at the pinnacle, the max of where he was. This is his mission, where he was going. But God, for a moment, redirects one of his steps, and we will see that play out in our reading today. So here it comes from Mark chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 46. It says, Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. 
a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. Let's pause there for a second. I want to I point something out to you. Isn't it very fascinating? Many times in the course of history, in books of antiquity, including the scriptures, people who are referenced, if you were a beggar or if you were blind or lame or a leper, you were simply known as that, right? So if you were lame, you were just called the lame person, okay? Uh, you were not named by your name. So it's very interesting that he was actually called by name, Bartimaeus. It records his name, son of Timaeus, which begs an interesting question or at least a thought that perhaps he was going to be somebody. Maybe it was those parents that they were going to have their baby and they got all these dreams and aspirations for what they could do. But then Bartimaeus was born and he was blind. And in that culture, all of a sudden, he's damaged goods. He's never going to be what we fully intended or hoped or dreamed. And so he's a disappointment. And so maybe you can relate. Maybe you feel sometimes like you're a disappointment. Maybe to one of your parents, maybe to a friend or another distant relative, maybe to a coworker, maybe a boss, and you find yourself struggling to find your value because when you feel like you've let people down, you begin to devalue yourself. We look for value in a lot of different places, perhaps in maybe a title. We begin to think, well, if I were a VP, then I'd be good, or a senior VP, or a CEO, or maybe it's a combination of letters after your name, like MD, or DDS, or maybe MRS, or MOM, right? Mrs. and Mom, if you want that title. And we think, we begin to think, if, if I just arrive at this place, then I'll have value. Sometimes it's our material possessions. If you got the brand new phone, then, then you're somebody. If you wear a certain type of clothes, then you're somebody. You know, that kind of house or that kind of car, then I have value. Sometimes people do it in the things that they don't do, you know, or don't say. It's like, for instance, I don't treat people the way they treat people. Or I do much better things with my time. I don't waste my time. That's value to them. It's an interesting thing. And the only thing that we can actually truly find value in is what God says about us in his word which we, we will talk about more in just a second. Value is an important part of this story. Let's read on in verse 47. It says, When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I want to pause there again for a second because if you want to mark anything down, if you're taking notes or in your position, take notes or anything right now, or if you're just following along, take heed, Okay. Take, take a, a pen and, and circle the word heard in your Bible or, or write that down somewhere, okay? Um, if, you, if you're able to use a device to, to, to look at this story, then um, screen capture it, okay? Write a note in there, something, all right? This is an important piece of the story. He heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth and he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why is heard important? Well, because Bartimaeus was blind, right? He couldn't see, but he could hear. Let me ask you a question. Don't we sometimes focus so much on our don'ts? Like, I don't have and I don't do, and I just wish one day maybe, well, what do you have, right? You, you see, Bartimaeus, he couldn't see, but he sure could hear. And when he did, he acted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, don't focus so much on what you don't have that you forget what you do have. Let me say it again. Don't focus so much on what you don't have that you forget what you do have. And the Apostle Paul talks about this in, in Romans chapter 12. Let me read that to you. It's six through eight. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. 
If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What Paul is writing is that you have gifts and you have dues, right? Don't worry about the don'ts. That's the beauty of being on the, on the team, otherwise known as the body of Christ. We have different gifts, different talents, different resources that God utilizes and works together to, to form a tapestry of beautiful work of God's people to bring him glory, okay? What do you have? What do you have? This reminds me of a time I was watching a show about glass blowing. If you've never seen this, I highly recommend it. It's a fascinating, it's a fascinating thing to watch. Uh, it'd probably be even better if you saw it in person, and maybe you have. Uh, but this guy, this glass blower, he starts and says he's going to create a vase, and he starts blowing this vase out of this molten glass, and it's amazing to watch it form, and it starts with this little foot, and then it gets bigger, and then it came in, and it kind of flared out. It was gorgeous. It was beginning to look like this vase, and it was amazing to watch. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the temperature shift caused a problem, if there was an impurity in the glass, but, but along the top of the edge, it just went crack, and you could hear it. And you could see it right on, on, on television. And I thought to myself, that wasn't supposed to happen. Wonder what he's going to do about it. And he said something I thought was perfect. He said, you know, sometimes you look at the thing and you think you're going to start out making a vase. And what you realize, it's actually not what this piece was intended to be. In fact, it was intended to be something much better. And then he took a tool, and it looked like a little sickle, and he just cut into it as it was spinning and just cut the entire top portion of the vase off, this, this vase off. And, and it crashed to the floor, and it broke into a 1,000 pieces. And then he took this other wand-looking thing, and he just made this little wavy-looking deal on the top, and he began to reform it, and then started putting these in these dyes and metallic stuff in it, and he was spinning and t- talking and, and all this stuff. And then he finally gets done. He cuts it off the, off the wheel, and he held it up. And it became this most beautiful, uh, short, like flowery bowl. Uh, I wish I could show you a picture on here. It's just, it was just this beautiful thing. And here's the thing, a couple of notes about this. If you could see it and you could picture it, when you, when you think of that and having zero context, you would simply say, that's, that's really pretty. That's a piece of artwork. It's beautiful. And here's the thing. The same thing is actually true about you. But the difference is you think about your crack and what's happened and not about what you've actually become and what God has done. You've become so focused on what happened that you can't see what is. Like this, you know, we're going to get married. It's going to be great. We're going to have two kids and a dog and a white picket fence. And then all of a sudden your marriage begins to fall apart and crack. It's never going to be the same now. It's never going to be a vase. You see, you get focused on what has happened. And we begin to have our sense of worth and value in that fracture that that we don't see the fact that all along God is taking all things and he's working them out for our good. And when you're called according to his purpose, scripture says that when uh, when you're called according to his purpose, he's going to do great things, right? And God begins to take all those things, the cracks, and he forms something new. Oh, you're not going to be a vase. You're actually going to be something much better. You just don't know yet. And then people look on and they're like, oh my gosh. Look at who you are and what God's done and how he's used your story, but you just see a crack. And today you have eyes to see, but you, you're not the sum total of a past fracture in your life. You're something special. You could even say a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Great things that God has prepared in advance for you to do. So don't focus so much on what you don't have that you forget 
what you do have. All right, let's read on in, in, in Mark chapter 10. We're going to be back into 48. Here's what it says. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Isn't it true in life when you start to take a step in, in, in any direction, many times you find the discouragers, the haters. They always say haters are going to hate, right? And they get up in your morning drinking a, a good full glass of haterade, and, and they get up all in your grill, and they're going to talk you down and tell you all the reasons why you can't finish college or you just, uh, you, you know, or any other thing you, 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 they think you can't complete. And you just let them know, you know what, come watch me. Watch me walk or watch me complete this. And they're going to tell you all the time, you look like you're never going to get a girl like that. She's not going to go out with you. And you're like, oh, yeah, we'll wait till I walk her down the aisle, right? And, and the opposite for the, the female, for the guy, you know. You just got to understand that this will be different. Understand Jesus was in transit. He was not stopping, all right? All right, bottom of my ass, I'm going to hang out right here until you figure it out. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to go to Jerusalem. Hey, everybody, we'll just take a five-minute break. We're going to wait on Bartimaeus. That's not how it happens. He was moving to Jerusalem, and Bartimaeus seized an opportunity. There are opportunities that pass by you, that, that come by you, and it's time not to worry about what you don't have, but, but to seize the moment that God has set in front of you. That will happen maybe this week, that maybe happen today. And you will seize that opportunity and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Don't worry about what you don't have. Look at what you do have. We owe it to ourselves, to whom God has created us to be, to not let another year go by where it's just the same old, same old, same old, and you end up with the same struggle, same problem, same thing from a year from now. Wouldn't that be sad? It's time to do something different. Make a new habit. Do something different. If you always do what you've always done, you're only going to have what you always had. Okay, let me say that one again. If you always do what you've always done, you're only going to have what you always had you got to do something different. Einstein's the one that said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. May I lovingly submit to, to my listeners out there, some of you are straight crazy. Okay, I'm just saying that lovingly. You need to do something different. And now, when is the best time to start and do something different? To plant a tree? It was years and years ago, right? But the next best time is today. Today's a great day to seize what God's put in front of you. Stop it with all the don'ts and I don't have and all your excuses. It's time to stop the excuse making and start making memories, start making opportunities, start trudging forward in what God has called you to do. Let's read on 49 and 50. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. I love this part. And I, I don't have time to get all in this into today, but isn't it cool how sometimes God will take the very people who are discouraging you and make them your delivery service to your feet, right? Isn't that good? The very people that were rebuking him, telling him to shut up, Jesus stopped and said, bring him here. And now all of a sudden, they're having to deliver Bartimaeus to him. So they led him up to Jesus and understand in the context of this, I love the fact that you don't have to have sight to be seen. You see, Jesus saw Bartimaeus because Bartimaeus heard. He didn't get so caught up on the fact that he was just blind and he couldn't see. He found out this is Jesus going by. I've heard of him. I've heard about him healing blind folks before, and I'm blind and I want to see. And so Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
I don't care that they're calling at me to shut up and to stop talking. I'm going to talk all the more because this is my opportunity and I will not let it pass me by this time. And he continued to yell all the more. You don't have to have sight to be seen. And so I love what Jesus does next. In verse 51, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. I want to see. Now, here's the thing. When we look at that, it seems like a really obvious question, right? Like, there's a blind guy in front of you, dude. He probably wants to see, you know? And I thought about this for a little while. And months and months ago, I read this, this passage, and I was thinking about this. What would I do? What would I do in this situation? And I want to put, put, you put, have you put yourself there. Think about this for a second. If God incarnate, meaning in the flesh, in front of you, asked you the question, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? And I thought, well, people may say, you know, I'd love for my kids to grow up to serve you and to be fully devoted and be healthy and happy, find great spouses one day and just have a great life. And I thought, you know, that would be fair for people to ask. And some of you may say, Jesus, just heal my marriage. You know, we got a rough marriage right now. And I know I would say that was fair to ask of Jesus. And some of you may say, I feel like I have no purpose or meaning for my existence. I want, to, I want you to help me have that a purpose, a meaning, something to be able to move towards. And I would say that's fair to ask as well. I get all those things. But it kept kind of haunting me. Like, it didn't seem like it was the right things to ask. And then it dawned on me. The thing I would actually ask for is the very thing he was headed to, to do. And that was to become the perfect sacrifice for my sin that had separated me and separated you from God so that we could be made right, be made whole, be in a relationship with God. When we are made right with God, when we have fellowship with God like that and, and we could talk to God and be made right and whole in him, all of a sudden it actually changes the way you do things. You know, like the way you parent because you've been renewed. Okay, and you're being made different from the inside out, and it fundamentally changes you as a person over the course of time, and so you may parent differently. And therefore, your kids change in the way they see you live out your life. And same thing's true for your marriage. All of a sudden, when you're not focused on me and my needs and my things, but you're serving your spouse in the way that Christ loved and served the church, I'm telling you, it changes everything. I've been serving a ministry for over 20 years, and I'm gonna say this, I still have yet to see and I've been, been seeing some, some crazy messed up scenarios in marriages. And I still have yet to see any scenario so bad that when two people submit their lives wholly to Christ and to one another, that, that God cannot reconcile and actually create something very beautiful out of a broken vase. It starts with the renewal. You see, Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus says, Rabbi, I want to see. Now that word in Greek, that rabbi word in Greek is actually rabboni, which means my master, my savior. So if you remember, Barnabas was saying Jesus, son of David. That was a national messianic title given to Jesus, but this was different. This word is very, very, very different. It's only uttered one other time in the gospel accounts according to anyone or by anyone. And it was Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb when she had seen the risen Christ and she said, Rabboni, my master. When Bartimaeus says this, it's personal. It's my master, my Lord. I want to see. So maybe Bartimaeus, even in his blind state, could see better than many of us today. Rabboni, my master. When you understand who you are in Christ and what you can be, you operate and you function very different. You find a sense of value that comes from somewhere else. My master. Jesus then says to him in verse 52, 52 I love this, go for your faith has healed you. 
And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Could you imagine having been standing around where, when, when that, 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 that episode occurred, right? When that, that piece of history occurred. Some of you today, that's, that's what's going to happen. You're going to receive your sight, not physically, but more importantly, spiritually. Even in the context of my voice right now, your eyes are being lifted. You're seeing something different. You're feeling something different. And that is God's word being illuminated inside of your heart. It's going from son of David to Rabboni, my master. I need you. I need to have my life, my marriage, my sight, my vision restored. I need your forgiveness. And that is what's happening in this very moment inside of you. Value is an important proposition. Where do things get their value. It's very simple. I'll explain it like this. You all have had a bottle of water before, right? How much is that bottle of water worth? You know, most, most people will, will, will say they'd pay for a, a, a bottle of water, a dollar a bottle, right? Nobody, nobody ever qualms about a dollar a bottle. What about $2? I've seen some people pay $2. I've even seen some of you pay at least 4 or $5 in a movie theater for a small bottle of water. So here's my question. So what if you were dehydrating and there's no more water in this world except for one last water bottle. Now, its worth is a lot more, right? What if your child is dehydrating? Now that bottle of water is even worth more than you could probably afford. You're plunking down as much money as you can to get that last bottle of water. You see, the value of an object is simply what someone is willing to pay for it. That's it. It's what you're willing to pay. And so that being true... You know, you're pretty valuable because you were worth the price of Christ's blood upon the cross as a sacrifice for your sin and my sin so that he, we could be made right. You don't have to have sight to be seen. And when you've been seen by Jesus, you'll never be the same. Go, your faith, Rabboni, my master, has made you well. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You're not a sum total of the past mistakes and the cracks because the beauty is just as that glass blower cut away all those cracks and formed something new, Jesus forgives us of our sin and he creates something very special, a masterpiece, a work of art. Maybe not what you thought it was gonna be, but actually something better, better than new. As the scripture would say, in him created to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for you to do. So may we find that our value is in who God says we are and not in what others say. And in that, we will operate and live a life of abundance in who God has called and created us to be. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I look forward to being able to talk to you guys in a couple more weeks. Like I said, I'll be on vacation next weekend, but we will have a special episode. Like I said, it's going to be a surprise. So be ready to download that next episode. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at ChandlerAcresChurch.com.